Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church, coming to your homes live from Portland, Oregon. We are a people of worship, work, and prayer, ready to serve the Lord, ready to serve with the community, and ready to withstand the enemy. for choosing to worship with us today. It is our prayer that during our worship experience that your love for God will be intensified, your faith be stirred, your hands get to clapping, and your feet get to dancing. After this song of preparation, be prepared to join Pastor Kimberly K. Black and the Greater St. Stephen's Church family as we bless the Lord. Oh, 
name. Come on, can we do that right now? Just welcome him. Come on. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Yes, we do, Lord. We magnify your name. Come on, welcome him tonight. Come on, come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The Bible tells us to give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth unto all generations. Good evening, church family and to our family and friends that have joined us tonight on our second uh, night for our virtual fall prayer revival. We give glory and honor to God for truly he is the head of our lives. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is our Savior. He is the reason why we live, breathe, and have our being. We honor him tonight and his presence that's here with us. We want to honor um, our very own Bishop uh, Freddie Brown, and we want to honor Elder uh, Kathy Miniweather, Elder Dante Farmer, and Evangelist Barbara Hardaway, and Minister Lee McClendon, and to our guest on tonight, Apostle Matt Schreiber, to our deacon, uh, Deacon Gwen, and to the body of Christ, our deaconesses, our mothers, and to each of you, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. It is an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be able to come together to worship, to pray, to praise, to magnify and lift up his holy name. I'm so excited about what God is doing in our midst and what he is doing for us. Uh, we are in our second night of our prayer revival, and last night was such a wonderful experience and a time of heartfelt prayers. And so we're truly grateful to God for what he is doing in our midst. And tonight we're going to come together um, because uh, the word goes with everything that we do. Uh, we cannot uh, live without the word. We cannot move without the word. We cannot and we do not have our being without the word. And so the word uh, comes to make us strong and it comes to help us in our stand and in our fight um, that we have to make in this place, in this world. And so with, along with prayer and fasting is the word. And so tonight, um, our very own apostle, Matt, is going to bring forth the word on God tonight. And I'm just so excited for what um, the Lord is doing in our midst. We thank him for moving. We thank him for being um, our God and our healer. Uh, tonight, we will have our scripture reading, which will come from our theme, which is Revelations chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Following that will be um, our prayer by our intercessory ministry leader, Sister Janetta Bradley. Uh, we'll have... Um, a few announcements, just a song, a few announcements, um, and then we'll have a song to prepare us for the word, and then we will let Apostle Matt come forth and preach and teach and give us what the Lord has given him to give to the body of Christ. And so we're just truly grateful to God for all of you coming to worship with us. I want to recognize any visitors that we have. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part. We hope and pray that during this um, prayer revival, something will be said, something you hear um, will intensify your love relationship with the Lord, will cause you to want to seek the Lord more. Even maybe you're listening and you're saying, I don't know why I'm listening. I'm not saved and I don't go to church. Well, I'm praying that tonight salvation if you have never confessed Christ, I'm praying that through the preached word, through the praise and worship, you hear the voice of the Lord calling you from the place you are and to walk into his marvelous light. So I want to welcome you tonight to the greatest St. Stephen Mission Baptist Church. I am Pastor Kimberly Black. 
I serve as the lead servant at the Greater St. Stephen's Missionary Baptist Church. We are located at 3605 Northeast Mallory, right here in the City of Roses. And so we welcome you to join us. Our worship experience is every Sunday morning at 1130 and Sunday night at 8 p.m. on this number that you call tonight. Um, so I'm going to move on. I'm going to read our scripture, and I'm reading from the Living Bible. And the scripture tonight is coming from Revelations chapter 3, which is our theme uh, scripture text. And this letter was written to the church of Sardis. It says, this message is sent to you by the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know your reputation as a live and active church, but you are dead. Now, wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is at the point of death. Your deeds are far from right in the sight of God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly and turn to me again. Unless you do, I will come suddenly upon you unexpected as a thief and punish you. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his holy word. I will now yield this call over to Sister Janetta Bradley for prayer. Father God, as we come to the throne of grace tonight in prayer, we come calling upon your great name for your holy God, a righteous God, a loving, merciful God. Father God, you have all power. All power is in your hand. Father God, we come thank you for this opportunity, Father God, to, to be on this call tonight, Father God. Thanking you for this fall prayer revival, Father God. Father God, as we pray, Father God, we pray that we get closer to you, Father God. Father God, we have a closer walk with you, a closer talk with you during this time of fast, Father God. Father, how we love you, how we need you, and we will continue to call upon your great name, Father God, because no other help we know. Father God, we thank you for working in our lives, that we know who you are, Father God. Father, we know you as a way maker. We know you as a promise keeper, a miracle worker. And, Father, we know you as the light in the darkness. We no longer walk in darkness, but in the marvelous light. And we thank you, Father God. Father God, we will continue to call upon you because no other help we know. What an awesome God you are. Father God, we cannot cannot tell you how much we love you, Father God. Father God, you are so awesome. We cannot fathom your awesomeness, Father God. Father, you are so great, and you a father that loves your children. Your love for us is unfailing, Father God. Father God, what a mighty God you are. We just continue to call upon your great name, Father God. If we keep our hands in your unchanging hands, everything will be all right, Father God. We pray that we live according to Michael 6 and 8, that we do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our heavenly Father. Oh, Father God, oh, that we have a humble heart, a heart of thanksgiving, Father God, that we continue to seek after you, Father God, keep you the head of our lives, the center of our joy, Father God, that we be a people that stay focused, focused on the big prize, Father, and that is to spend eternity with you, Father God. And, Father God, we thank you for the speaker tonight, Father God, Apostle Mike, Father God. We thank you for the word that he's going to bring forth to us, Father God. Father, a word to feed our souls with. And we pray that we get a good understanding, Father God, that we can go forth in your name, speak boldly in your name, not be ashamed and not be afraid, Father God. And not just keep the good news to ourselves, but begin to spread it to others because so many don't know you, Father God. They need to know the word, Father God. Need to come to you, Father God, because you are the only answer for this world today. How we love you, how we need you. And we will continue to call upon your great name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, Before we move into our worship, I just want to remind you, all and make this announcement share with your family and friends on tomorrow night at 8 p.m we will have a overnight prayer visual amen and it's virtual so you can call the prayer line that number is 774-220-4000 and the code is 55558 
Town. We will begin prayer at 8 p.m. Friday night, and we will conclude 8 a.m. Sunday, Saturday morning. Amen. That's Friday night at 8 p.m. until Saturday morning at 8 a.m. After these selections, the next voice you will hear will be that of our speaker, of the Apostle Matt Schreiber. I pray tonight that you have an ear to hear. I pray that you get your pen and your paper, your Bible. Be ready to take notes because Apostle is a teacher and he is a man of God that hears from God. So I know he's going to speak directly to some of us. And some of us, it's a word for right now. And for others, it's a word for next week. But I know that he has a word for each of us on tonight. So I pray that you be praying with the preacher because when there's praying in the pew, there's preaching in the pulpit. You're the answer to it all. 
Savior Jesus Christ, whom we love and whom we serve, giving honor to God, the Savior, our soul, Jesus Christ. To the blessed Holy Spirit, we give honor to Pastor Black and to the other ministers in the Ecclesia that's on the phone call today, and to my own First Lady Beth, who's a preaching machine. Hallelujah. Many of you have heard her before, and she preaches better than I ever could. So I just aspire to be up, up, up on her level, but I count it an honor to be here in this prayer revival. And, you know, one of the mandates that uh, Jesus has given us is to pray, but he's also given us two other mandates that each believer carries. And that man, those mandates are the priesthood and kings. That's right. You're a priest and you're a king. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. God, through Christ, has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory, dominion forever and ever. And then in Revelations chapter 5, verse 10, it says, Jesus has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Now, the priesthood of the believer has three basic areas of our ministry as priests. The first one as priest is to the Lord. Now, Y'all know, excuse me, God is not an egotist. He's not in need of our encouragement. He's not in need of our flattery. He's almighty God. He's God all by himself. And we become transformed as we worship. We always become like the one we worship. Oh, I got to say that again. We always become like the one we worship. Secondly, defined in the priesthood ministry is our love for the people of God, for the church. Not organizations, but ministry to the people. Third is our ministry to the world. This is a right and true list of priorities. But if we're not careful, it will cause us to misdiagnose regarding our third ministry as priests of the Lord. We will worship God through eternity. Come on. We will be with other believers for all eternity. We will love each other through eternity. But the only thing that is urgent and pressing in time is evangelism. Because that is, that is only now. That is in the now. So while the other two are superior in the sense of their order of priority, they actually enhance and set the stage for us to be more effective in our heart to reach the lost. It's, it has been going around lately that evangelism in its purest form is an overflow of worship. There are those that have this notion that if they will really get locked into worship, they'll not want to do anything else. However, that's not what the Word teaches. In Isaiah chapter, chapter 6, it says, I see the Lord. He's high and lifted up. And here's this stunning moment where Isaiah is seeing the Lord. He's before Almighty God. Then Isaiah, Isaiah, here's this conversation happening in the Godhead. And the decree goes forth, whom shall I send? Now Isaiah rightly responds and says, send me. Now watch this, watch this. Anyone who truly worships, truly worships to where they see the heart of the Father. They don't want to just stay there. They want to take there where they've just been out for others to encounter the same thing. Can I prophesy that again? You don't want to just stay in that worship encounter. You want to come out for others to encounter that same thing. True worshipers want to take that moment to many others it's causing people to taste and see that the Lord is good. You all know that verse in Psalms 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Now, one of the original translations of the Bible that I found is the is one of the better translation is the classic amplified. And I want to read to you John chapter 4 verse 23 and 24 out of the classic amplified. John chapter 4 verse 23 and 24. Jesus is talking and Jesus said a time will come however indeed it is already here when the true genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now watch this. For the Father is seeking just such people as his worshipers. The Father is seeking you out to worship him. God is not seeking worship. He's seeking worshipers. Let me say that again. God is not seeking worship. He's seeking worshipers because worshipers are transformed people. And you can't be in his presence and not in some way be changed. You you can't. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18, the B clause, the last part of the verse says, You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. This is describing the church, describing the people of God as a city, as a community. It's basically saying the salvation of God is what protects you. The walls around a city is what kept it safe. Then he says your gates are praise. He's actually describing this place where God enters to engage, to mingle with his people, and it's called praise. We know from the word we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And there is this progression into his presence, into the heavenly realms of God. Now, services are typically called worship services. And you all know, unfortunately, there's a lot of of things that people are calling worship services. There's not a whole lot of real worship happening. But I want to dig into this revelation a little bit deeper about gates. Your gates shall be called praise. Psalms 24 Verses 9 and 10. Psalm 24, verses 9 and 10. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. We enter through his gates and courts. He enters into our lives and the lives of others. Through you. Can I prophesy that? He enters into the lives of others through you. Something happens when the people of God become a worshiping people. There's something that happens when an atmospheric shift happens over a city, over a region, because there's a worshiping people worshiping God in that moment. You just becoming a worshiper, one who just stands before the Lord to worship in your home. You do this on a regular basis that you exalt the Lord. You have neighbors around you who are facing a problem. uh, And a year ago, they never would have considered God as a possible solution. But because you are a worshiper, child of God, something has changed in the way that they get to draw on and what they get to draw on because God is in the midst of them to show them, to show himself mighty because you're their next-door neighbor and you're worshiping God in spirit and in truth because of the influence of your worship. I want to I really ignite you today to, igni- to not only encourage, continue to encourage this prayer revival, but I want to ignite it to a whole other level. I want to ignite you in in the in especially praying all night long that your prayers are effective, woman of God. Your prayers are effective, man of God. You're having much more effect than the enemy has lied to you about. I got to say that again for somebody. You're having a whole lot more effect. You're being a whole lot more efficacious than the enemy has been lying to you about. Now, there's this atmospheric shift that has happened because of your worship, because of your prayer, because of your intercession. 
getting back to this Thanksgiving praise and worship, Thanksgiving is giving thanks for the acts of God. We celebrate the goodness, the kindness of God. We express it. We share. We cheer. We become amazed at this Father that is so kind and so good to us. A couple of verses about this. Psalms 26, verse 7. Psalms 26, verse 7. That I may make the voice of thanksgiving heard and may tell of all your wondrous works. Psalms 50, verse 23. We're talking about thanksgiving right now. Psalms 50, verse 23. He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me. And he who orders his way aright, who prepares the way that I may show him, to him I will demonstrate the salvation of God. Woo! So thanksgiving is our response to what he has done. Where praise is, is our response to who he is. Thanksgiving is celebrating and expressing and giving thanks for the acts of God. Praise is our response to who he is. Psalms 34, verse 1. Psalms 30, I'm going to give you guys a lot of scriptures today. Psalms 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalms 40, verse 3. He has put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Psalms 42, verse 11. So the first verse I shared with you was Psalms 34, verse 1. The second one was Psalms 40, verse 3. And the third one now is Psalms 42, verse 11. Hope in God. Wait expectantly for him. For I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance and my God. And then the last one about praise. Psalms 103, verse 7. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. So in other words, they took his actions to where at some point they discovered his nature. They, they followed this that he had done. They weren't just satisfied with water out of a rock. They weren't just satisfied with the provision. They wanted to find this one who authored that very action, finding the one who is the revealer and manifester of those things. Thanksgiving is our response to the acts of God. Praise is our response to his ways. Now watch this. Worship is our response to his presence. I'm going to say those again so you can write them down. Thanksgiving is my response to his acts. Praise is my response to his ways. Worship is my response to his presence. It doesn't mean emotionally discern, but it becomes a very intimate time and moment between you and the Lord. One of the meanings of the word worship means to kiss. Psalms chapter 2. Verses 11 and 12. Psalms chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Serve the Lord with reverent awe and worshipful fear. Rejoice and be in high spirits with trembling, lest you displease him. Watch this. Kiss the Son. Pay homage to him in purity. This is not a natural thing. This is a supernatural spiritual reality. In fact, in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians says, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 26, it says, Greet all the brethren with a sacred holy kiss. It's the revealing of yourself in vulnerability before God to the point where you surrendered even your voice to him. Worship is this tenderness, this profound interaction between you and the one you worship. 
and something hap- powerful happens to a group of people that live in that kind of an atmosphere, their awareness of the heartbeat of God, and, and their, your awareness of the heartbeat of God increases so dramatically that when you get into an outreach environment or to serve and help people, you, it's so much clearer and much more precise as you're worship, coming from a worship encounter and meeting the needs of the people. They're going to see God high and lifted up in your life. They're going to see that his train is filling you, his temple. It does not become about shame and condemnation about their sin. It becomes an introduction to a loving father who has the ability to deliver them from their sin. And you, child of God, you, child of God, you worshiper, you who are worshiping people, uh, who are worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth, you have the opportunity out of that worship encounter to point people to Jesus Christ because how can you not show the people the one you love? How can you not point them back to your beloved who is Christ. Now, shifting a little bit here, Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 and 38. The New King James Version says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, watch this, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus did not say, pray for the harvest. There are other scriptures that would speak into that. And prayer for the loss is a legitimate thing to do. But when Jesus wanted to give instruction of how to affect the course of history, he didn't say, pray for the harvest. He said, pray for harvesters. It's possible then that the size of the harvest is based on the harvesters. In other words, the harvest is there, but there has to be harvesters. And there are a number of things God has put in front of us that without response, there's actually unfulfilled potential, unfulfilled promise. In other words, it requires our involvement. The nation of Israel, they were spoken to about this promised land flowing with milk and honey. God said it's yours. I give it to you now. It's all yours. But that generation didn't enter into it. It wasn't God's fault. They failed, watch this, they failed to co-labor with God, doing things his way to bring about purpose. I want to say that again. They failed to co-labor with God, doing things his way to bring about his purpose. We have directions in prayer that are supposed to be taken seriously, and I know you all take them seriously, because it actually has an effect on the outcome of things. Your prayers is having an effect, a direct effect, in the city of Portland and all over the United States and the world because of your prayers right from where you're sitting in your living room or in your bedroom or in your office, wherever you're listening to this broadcast. You, child of God, are having a direct effect on not just the state of Oregon, not just the United States, not just the nation, but the whole world. Jesus does not give us spiritual assignments just to keep us busy till he comes. No, he's trying to lead us into harvest, into effectiveness. And the Lord is giving the assignment because there's something in his heart that has to be released by someone made in his image that will bring that need before him. And that's you and that's me. There's something he, God longs to do, but he actually set it up for you to be involved in the process of it, for you and I to be in agreement with him in order for him to carry out what he wants to have done in the earth. Second Chronicles chapter 16. Now, Pastor Black, I'm being a little long-winded, so you need to reel me in if I go a little bit long. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 16. I get all lamped up, Pastor Black, you know. 
Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to watch this, Pastor, to show himself strong in behalf of those who heart, whose hearts are blameless toward him. That's you and I. God wants to show himself strong. God's the one that set it up this way. You didn't set it up this way. God set it up this way because he loves to have interaction with his children. He loves to have interaction with you and I. Now, I'm going to share a shocking verse with you before that you may not have ever heard before. Maybe you've read over it but never really realized the impact of it. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants. What? I think I need to read that again. Surely, this is the Bible. Surely the Lord God, this is the classic Amplified. Surely the Lord God will do nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants. So in your worship, which is the action of your priesthood. He reveals his heart. He reveals the harvest field is rich with harvest. Excuse me. But you have to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Now that phrase, send out laborers, in the Greek, it's the word ekbalo. That's E-K-B-A. L-L-O, if, if you have a strongest concordance, it's number 1544 in the strongest concordance, Ekbalo, E-K-B-A-L-L-O. And it actually means, listen to this, child of God, it actually means to forcefully thrust, to send out laborers means to forcefully thrust harvesters forcefully thrust it's the word used in the very next chapter when jesus talks about casting out demons it's a military term which speaks to your kingship authority where we are releasing harvesters to bring in the harvest for the king of kings and the lord of lords what was jesus doing when he released the that prayer assignment when Jesus was releasing that prayer assignment to pray for the harvesters, he was healing the sick, he was casting out demons, he was preaching the kingdom. Then Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, and Jesus summoned to him and his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority over unclean spirits to drive them out, to cure all kinds of diseases, and all kinds of weaknesses and infirmities. If you drop down to verses 7 and 8, Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8, as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons, freely without pay you've received, freely without charge, give. Now, a lot of people ask me, Pastor, a lot of people ask me, what's the destiny? What's my calling? And my response to them is, is, I don't know, but until God shows you, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, drive out demons. Yeah, but Apostle Matt, what, what am I called to do? I don't know, but until God reveals it to you, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and drive out demons. But you don't understand. I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what your calling is either, honey. But until Jesus reveals it to you, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and drive out demons. This entire 10th chapter is to equip these 12 disciples to become the very harvesters the Lord told them to pray into. Now, the Passion Translation reads, Jesus walked through the region. In these same in these this same chapter, Jesus walked throughout the region with the joyful message of the kingdom's realm. He taught in their meeting houses. 
And wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of disease. When he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless like wandering sheep without a shepherd. He turned to his disciples and said, the harvest is huge and ripe, but there's not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to harvest his grain. We have this mandate to minister to God, which is a part of our priestly kingly assignment. And as we worship, it actually sets the stage for outreach and evangelism. Worshippers who are caught up in the presence of the glory of God, completely infatuated with him, expressing their love and devotion to him that, that maybe they, somebody else doesn't know yet, but because that you found this one whom you love, you found this, this, this one who is altogether lovely, hallelujah, altogether holy, altogether beautiful, altogether high and lifted up, altogether his train filling the temple. In those moments of encounter, you are removing, he, you are removing obstacles that have dominated the culture and society, creating a way to access God in a way that was not there before. You're removing the obstacles through your prayer, through your worship, through your intercession. How much the enemy has been focused on, you, child of God, through your worship, through your prayer, through your intercession, are shifting the environment, the natural environment. You, child of God, have the God-given ability to shift the atmosphere. And just prophesy that right now, right in your, right where you are right now. Just say, I shift the atmosphere right now. Just declare it and decree it. I shift the atmosphere right now. You're having an effect. You're having an effect on the evangelistic anointing over your city, the evangelistic anointing over this region. Now, another aspect of that prayer assignment, pray for the harvest, is to believers. Because Jesus said in John 13:35, that's John 13:35, they will know you are me, my disciples because of the love you have one for another. They will see how you compassionately walk through conflict. They will watch you and they're watching you as you respond to the person who's in crisis or in need. They will watch you care for them. They'll see how you practice community, how you learn together how to bring it in life and not competition with each other. The lost is seeing that, and they'll come to the conclusion, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? You're one that God has been saying that I should look for. Now listen to this, Matthew chapter 5. Verse 16, excuse me, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus talking, and Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, St. Francis of Assisi paraphrased that scripture, and what St. Francis of Assisi wrote he wrote, witness every day. If that doesn't work, use words. <laughs> How awesome is that? Witness every day. If that doesn't work, use words. And uh, I'm running short on time, so I'm just going to release my stand to Pastor Black because I can keep going all night. Pastor Black knows me real well. I can keep going all night, but I'm just going to release, relinquish my stand in the middle of my thought, and then, Pastor Black, we can do whatever you want to do at the end here. Go ahead, Pastor. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise Woo! the Lord. Matt, what an awesome, awesome word on tonight to encourage us to continue uh, in our fasting and our praying and in our worshiping 
I I was taking notes. I was trying to keep up. You you had so much to say, <laughs> um, but it was good word tonight. And I thank you um, for sharing with us um, our our duties and our responsibilities. We have been called to be priests and kings, and we have an obligation. And we, you know, what you're saying to us is not new because the preacher on Sunday told us that that there's a burden that each of us should have and that's for the lost. And so Come I on. thank you. I, yeah, I mean it's it's the word coming back again to us. And so wow. I'm getting six messages now. Hallelujah. Good word. Thank you so much. It was a powerful word. It was a Bless good you. word. I'm just truly grateful to God that you took out the time to share with us and You'll be with us on November the 12th, so we definitely want you to continue this message, pick up where you left off, amen, because we want to hear the rest of this mandate that's on our life, because you talked about the priesthood, but you, you didn't jump into the being king, so I'm, I'm ready to hear the <laughs> So we are truly Bro. thankful, thankful to God that you took out this time to be with us. Absolutely. What an honor. What you you poured out, God would pour back into you a hundredfold and that you will continue to preach and teach the gospel, the uncompromising word that, and, and, and it's clear and it's not sugarcoated. It's what we need in these last and evil days. And so I appreciate you, your love, your prayer, not only to me, but to the ministry and not only to the ministry of Greater St. Stephen's, but to the body of Christ. To the what body an honor. I really do appreciate you so much. Family, it's just about that time to go. Um, I do want to play this last song to help us because I know some of us are fasting and some of us are praying and praying and fasting. And so a little bit of worship to help massage what might feel like you're missing something. But Apostle said it. Uh, he's worthy of all of our worship. He's worthy of all of our praise. And I love you all tonight. So be blessed. We'll, I'll give the benediction. Um, we're closing out just a few minutes early. You got a few minutes. I'm going to give you back five minutes because I'm going to keep you all night tomorrow. But I pray that the Lord would bless you. The Lord will keep you. Uh, Deaconess Faye is on the line. Um, are, are you doing prayer at 8 o'clock, ma'am? Deacon S. Faye? Yes, ma'am. Okay, we doing prayer at 8? Yes, at 8. All right. So I'm going to get ready to release us so that we can get on the prayer line at 8 o'clock. But let us go with this. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent. And may the peace of God rest, rule, and abide with our hearts and minds and keep us until it's our time to meet again. I love you all. And and, and may God bless you.
you are. 